Hey girl, you feel that? That's boyfriend material. This is episode 5, The Big Short from 2015. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And this episode is brought to you by wool. Wool is used to make suits, and I, I couldn't think of a better material to make suits out of than wool that suits this suits this movie. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, you mean wool? Nah, that's boyfriend material. I do like... We were talking about you were picking wool before we started recording. I did not realize how heavy your Pittsburgh accent was going to accent that word. Like, wool? it is... Yeah, that it's... Woof, it's... Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I don't real, hear it. It's real bad. I don't know. I don't know. Well, how are you supposed to say it? How would you say? I don't wool? know because I'm. I'm now. I'm self conscious in my head. All I know is that it sounds very Pittsburghy. Okay, it wool? is what it is. Wool. Maybe it's one of I these words. It sounds. It sounds. I can't hear him. You, you know mean? that. I can't hear him. You. You and Rachel. Like we'll be like sitting, and when when Joey comes to visit, we'll be like sitting on the couch, and I'll say something, and you and Rachel will just look at each other. <laughs> And start laughing, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you guys, like, what's so funny? And you'll be like, you just said this. And I'll be like, okay, and what are you laughing about? And then you'll have to explain to me why it's wrong yeah. and why it sounds weird. And I just don't hear yep. it, man. That's the nature yep. of an accent, I guess. The nature of an accent. Yeah. This movie is The Big Short, which is... Actually, I don't know. What are the Gosling movies we've done so far? We did La La Land. We nice did Guys. The Nice Guys. Yeah. Blade Runner. Blade Runner, we did. These are all big movies, all of them. Yes. And La La Land. There's another one. Oh, Song to Song. Song to Song. So I guess along with Song to Song, this is like his second. I thought it was going to be his first sort of ensemble piece. It is more of a second, but it is also the smallest role that he's had in any of the five movies that we've done so far. But it's not really a small role. Like, don't, no. don't, yeah, don't sell it no, short. Like, it's ha, not ha. small in comparison to other roles. It's just that there's a, there's no real huge lead. Like, there's basically four or five stories that are going on, and they're all, and, and they're all huge actors. You know what I mean? So, yeah. mm-hmm. like, you have Brad Pitt, you have fucking um, Michael Scott, all of the who else was it? Oh, Christian Bale. Right, like yep. I just watched this movie, yep. but there's so many big actors that it's hard for me to even keep them all straight. So, but Gossett, when it started out, I had, I had forgotten. I saw this movie in theaters because it was a Best Picture nom. I, like, I was s- it? It was. Huh. Okay. And um, I did not look. I did, I did trivia like I normally do, but I did not look up the awards. I should do that right now. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. No. Continue. So like you you if you listen to us at all, then you know that like I like to go see all the best picture noms, or I I make every effort I can to see all the best picture noms before the Oscars because I think it's just like a good swatch of ten movies that I may or may not have watched or wouldn't even have an an idea to watch during the year but like we try to get them all in then we watch the oscars and rachel and i get excited about who wins what so this was nominated for best picture best actor in supporting role for christian bale yep. best director for adam mckay best film editing for hank corwin and it won best adapted screenplay by charles randolph and adam mckay so that is because this is also based on a michael lewis book michael lewis is the guy who wrote moneyball which brad oh, also cool. produced and starred in damn okay he also I didn't wrote know that. the blind side which became makes sense Bullock movie. but i didn't know that either go ahead this was another one of those like how do i take this really complicated and not to use a pun about baseball because i'm talking also about uh moneyball drink but sort of take this like inside baseball kind of topic 
and make it accessible for the mainstream audience. And that's, I think, I haven't read this book. I read The Blind Side and I read Moneyball. But I think that's, once again, sort of the goal here. It's like, yeah, I'm sure how it's, it's a very complicated super, super complicated yep. and break it down. Yeah, and I and I think they really did a great job with it. I can see why it won Best Adapted Screenplay. The, the movie shines through in what could have been a really shitty, complicated, convoluted movie. Yep. They elucidate it really well, I think, at least. And just while I have the awards tab open before I close this... Yeah. I just did a control F or an Apple F for Gosling, and there are four. He was nominated for four. Just they're all ensemble cast nominees for like smaller award shows. Okay. The Screen Actors Guild, the Awards Circuit Community Awards, whatever that is. Ooh. Uh, the Gold Derby Awards and the Palm Springs International Film Festival. So the entire cast of this film was nominated for Best Cast or Best Ensemble for both of those. But they won the Palm Springs International Film Festival Woo! Ensemble Cast Award. So... I mean, it's pretty hard to compare, like, for on, for an ensemble cast. I'm not, you know, super remembery about what came out in 2015, but this is a this is pretty fucking huge. Like... I wonder, I wonder what else... What So let's... The biggest one of those four is the Screen Actors Guild Awards. It went up against... I wonder what came out. I just don't remember at all. Oh... Oh, that's cool. Hold on. Go ahead. Pit Stop, if you if we want to do a Pit Stop for another one of our Go podcasts. Ahead. Actually, a couple of other podcasts. So I was looking for, on the Screen Actors Guild, there is an award for the Outstanding Action Performance by a Stunt Ensemble. Interesting. Winner is Mad Max Fury Road, because of course, because that's amazing. Yeah, it was a great movie. The movie Everest, that Jake Gyllenhaal movie, I did not see yet. I think I'll see it eventually, because it's you know probably nothing super special, but it's going to be fun. I don't, did, did we watch Everest? I don't know if Rachel and I watched it. We watched a movie about Mount Everest that came out a couple years ago, and we loved it. It was like a great fall asleep to movie, you know what I mean? I think that's probably this one. It's probably guessing. that one. I don't remember Jake Gyllenhaal being in it, though, so that's my confusing part, but go ahead. Also nominated for stunts were Jurassic World, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, and, of particular note, Furious 7. Interesting. Okay, so here we go. So the outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture. This is not best actor, best actress. They also do that. The best male actor in a leading role in a movie that year was Leonardo DiCaprio for The Revenant. And for supporting actor who beat Christian Bale was Idris Elba. Stringer Bell. Stringer Bell. For Beasts of No Nation. I didn't even see that movie. I didn't even know that existed, but okay. I think it's a Netflix movie? I have no idea. I think. Okay. But... The Big Short cast was nominated for Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture against Beast of No Nation, which did not win. Trumbo, which was that Brian Cranston movie about Dalton Trumbo, the screenwriter. Yeah. Which was, okay, he was good in it. I didn't like the movie that much. Okay. Nominated up against Straight Outta Compton. Oh, great cast. Yeah, great cast, too. But the one that won was my favorite movie, not my favorite movie from that year, but one of my favorite movies, oh, I think, the yeah, the winner for Best Picture at the Academy Awards, Spotlight. That had a really great ensemble cast, too. You know yep. what? That's pretty fair. I can agree with that. So that was, I think that's that's totally fair and totally justified. Okay, before we talk about the movie, because we're still not really actually talking about the movie, let's get to our first segment, Canadian Goose in the Loose, Gaz Canadian Gaz on the Laws. I like it. I have I have a very gentle, playful one, if you want. <laughs> okay. Ava Mendez 
was on a play date with her two daughters recently, and she flaunted her midriff. Oh, whoa. Yeah, I know. It says that, but in the pictures, it doesn't really look like she flaunted her midriff. She's wearing, like, a pretty high skirt, and then, like, kind of like an Oxford shirt, and she just, like, has it tied at the bottom. So, I mean, really, it's, like, pretty much, like, just above her belly button showing, uh, even a little bit, so... So if she reached up on the top shelf to pull off those AAA-rated bonds off the very tip-top shelf... Yes. You might see some midriff. You might see some midriff, so this is definitely very clickbaity of them. She's usually, like, you know what, she's actually really conservatively dressed most of the time. It just in general, you know, like, talking about it, like, she's never, like, too skinned, but she was with their daughters, and she says they wear whatever they want. There were some stories that I saw in the last month that I'm not going to talk about tonight, but it was basically about how they're raising them the right way, and just stories about their kids, like, and also about how they're, they're keeping them out of the spotlight. Yes. It feels like, to me, that for a couple that's keeping their kids out of the spotlight, I see so many goddamn articles about, like, how we don't see their kids. Like, it's like, I know. by keeping them I out agree. of the spotlight, they're firmly in the spotlight. By definition, they're not in the spotlight, but they're right. talked yeah. about a lot but yeah i agree uh it seems like they're really trying to like kind of hide them and um there wasn't even pictures of them really in this article but everybody like every article from you know the past couple weeks has been talking about how you don't see them and and their parents that keep their kids out of the spotlight and stuff like that so yeah speaking of spotlight talking about spotlight here so i have three little bits of news Uh, two of them are about our favorite upcoming film first man oh Uh, good you read anything about this i think i posted one on our facebook page i probably did but go ahead remind me remind the remind everybody listening if you remember i don't know if you know but i think you know but first man is going to be directed by damien chazelle who directed la la land did you know that i feel like we talked about it that was my um oh on that note did can i drop my little um fact that i told you yesterday uh sure i don't remember what you're talking about but go ahead oh no never mind it was a zeph fact it wasn't a I'm just going to say it, but you can cut it out. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, we don't have a new Zack attack for months and months and months, so why don't you do this with the uh, the Zeff fact? Okay, the Zeff fact was... I was watching the making of Ferris Bueller yesterday and it was yeah. really cool. They were like showing like a little bit of the scene. It was kind of like a commentary track, but like with the actors and stuff like there and they were cutting it in and showing you it. And the guy who choreographed the dance scene in Ferris Bueller also went on to make high school musical. So that's pretty cool. Oh yeah. Kenny Ortega. Yeah. Kenny Ortega was the choreographer for the dance scene in Ferris Bueller. So I was like, damn, a little Zeph connection to Ferris Bueller. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Shout out Kenny Ortega. Shout out Ashley Tisdale. I send you so many things from her Instagram. She's getting her. She's getting multiple things redone in her house. She's getting a new bathroom put in, or no, a new shower at least, which is bigger than my bathroom. And she's also getting a new closet, which is like bigger than my bedroom. Like she is. She she earned it, obviously. But all of her posts are like, ugh, like. I can't believe that the carpenters are making so much noise. I'm like, yeah, but, like, come on, dude. I know. Yeah, that's, like, like first world problems to the max, right? Like, oh, man, my remodeling is so noisy. Like, okay, relax, lady. So, anyway, First Man, the upcoming Damien Chazelle movie, the the first team-up of the two since La La Land. I think it's Damien Chazelle's third movie along with Whiplash. We thought it was going to be sort of like a biopic, or a biopic, depending on how you want to say it, about yeah, basically just about Neil Armstrong. We thought so. It's not that at all. I, that's weird to me, man. It's going to be an action movie. It's Damn. a mission movie with lots of action. The screenwriter talks about the, quote, visceral nature of the film. So maybe it's going to be more like a Gravity slash Armageddon slash something like the, the core, right? Like, 
one of these like space adventure movies, Apollo 13. Right, but I think I think more with like the tense feeling of Whiplash. I I hope so. That would be really cool. I hope J.K. Simmons is like the uh, mission <laughs> command or something, right? And he's just like, fuck, I'll yep. shit down your neck, you know. <laughs> Like that would be really awesome to me. Like you limp dick fuck like to the <laughs> to the space shuttle. That'd be amazing. See my mind wanders. I, don't you want to see that movie now? Absolutely. I mean I already did, but now I want to see it even more. Yeah, where Gosling is the is is Neil Armstrong and J.K. Simmons just berates him from Mission Control. I think that'd be yeah. pretty funny. There's another story though brewing from the set of First Man, oh. and this is from Radar Online, so just gossip rag. Okay. But it's called Hands Off. I saw this. Jealous Ava Mendez, wary of Ryan Gosling's newly single co-star. Who's her, who's his co-star? Claire Foy. I don't know who, who that plays, is, though. She plays the queen on Netflix's The Queen. Whatever. Doesn't mean anything to me. She's also the star of the newest Steven Soderbergh movie, Shout Out Cinemakers, another, another podcast oh. on the Cage Club Podcast Network. Yeah. He did a horror movie shot on an iPhone, which I did not see yet because I was moving Sounds interesting. and I didn't get to see it in theaters, so it'll be out soon enough, but she's the star of that, too, so I think she's just, like, a young and up-and-coming actress, and she's gonna star across from Ryan Gosling, and this is making that to be, like, oh, they got super close, super cozy on set, and Ava Mendez is jealous. We can't really dismiss gossip mags anymore after fucking I know. Jenna and, and Channing, but, um, to be honest, like, after I look at this actress and I look at Ava Mendez, I don't think that she has anything to worry about. Even I mean, Claire is, Foy is very pretty, but Ava Mendez just is, like, gorgeous. next level. Yeah, she's Yes. gorgeous. And I also do feel, I mean, although didn't really save uh, the, the, the Tatum-Dewan marriage, but I was going to say, like, when you have kids, it's another layer of complication. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? But go listen to our very special episode of Magic Mike's, <laughs> where we talk about Jenna the ups Dewan. and downs of that marriage. True. Do it. It was a good one. It was fun. My last news, go and ahead. I saved it for last just because it links to this movie, Go ahead. is Ryan Gosling has a long history of unknowingly stealing John Krasinski's role. Oh, you told me a little bit about this, but I want to talk about it. I'm glad you brought it up. Go ahead. So I think it's funny here because... You know, John Krasinski probably Michael best Scott. known for The Office. Michael Scott's yep. in this. And Michael Scott. Great segue. Steve Carell is in this movie. Yep. Uh, John Krasinski also wrote, directed, and starred in the newest, or one of the newest horror movies to come out in theaters, A Quiet Place, which is great. I saw it in theaters. I saw it the other day. I didn't t- you I, did? Yeah, I didn't tell you that. Wow, no. Did you like it? I did. Uh, one, of, one of my co-workers friend co-worker Gabe you met Gabe he asked us if we wanted to if we were like he was just like bored he's like dude you guys want to go see a movie tonight a quiet place looks pretty good Rachel and I and Gabe all went to go see the movie we had a great time I thought it was very enjoyable um a lot of people were saying it's like this epic movie I thought it was enjoyable I think you should go see it um uh, Leon Russom was in the movie who I have hung out with his son a few times and he oh. was very, very excited his dad was in the movie, and he's been posting all about it and saying that it should win an Oscar. You, you know Leon Russom, and you know who his character was, right? The old man in the woods. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's not that many characters in the movie. There's just a few no, and there's a couple which of was, people. Which was really impressive to us. I, I remember him saying, like, on social media, his his son Zach was saying about how he was, like, his dad was in the movie, and then, I, like, I forgot about it, and as I'm watching the movie, like, we get to the point, and I'm like, that's Leon, oh, fuck, there it was, and then, and then I realized there's only, like, six characters total yeah. in the whole movie, so I was like, damn, like, yeah. Did you know, I did not know, that John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are married in real life? Pam? No. Uh, the, his co-star? Yes, in no, that's place. right. Rachel told me this as we walked out of the movie. That's right, and I asked her the same thing. I said, Pam? And he, she said, no. <laughs> <laughs> the, the woman 
woman that was in that movie, and I was like, oh, her, okay. But yes, I only know that because Rachel told me. I did not know that until Melissa told me, so yeah. there we go. Shout out Melissa Lina. So what roles has he stolen? What roles has he, st- sorry to cut it Melissa off. It didn't say, because normally, normally it's sort of taboo to talk about roles that almost went to someone, but the article is basically about how John Krasinski so many times has heard, oh no, that part went to Ryan Gosling. He would know, so, you know, like he auditions for a part. He would know, sure, yeah. I wish that he would have been able to tell us, because I'm sure that there's a lot of really funny ones that like, but I can't imagine Jim in really anything. This is, I have never seen him in a lot of movies. Has he been in a lot of movies? I don't know, but he was really good, because I also don't watch The Office. You've I never watched it? I tried, I tried to. I watched like probably 20 episodes. I don't like it. Oh, really? I, I, I think I'm it's a lot of fun. I'm going to give another shot. Here's my problem with The Office. And we ahead. are getting so far off tangent, but it's totally Sorry. fine. My problem with The Office is that I watched it with friends in college, and it was the type of watching where they were all laughing at the jokes. They're like, oh, so you are going to love The Office. We're going to watch these episodes together. We're going to pick out the best ones. Well, it's stupid. It. You can't watch it as, like, the best ones. That's I think it's kind well, of I don't, dumb. Well, I don't remember. I think we just watched... I think I saw all of maybe season one and season two. Okay. But they were, we were watching a lot of them, and they were, like, laughing at the jokes before they happened. Oh, that's annoying. It was difficult for me to actually enjoy. Like, you had, like, a laugh track. That's really right. annoying. Yeah. Exactly. And then, uh, then a couple years later when I was working on a summer job, uh, there was another, we, there's like four, four guys, including myself, and we watched The Office on lunch breaks sometimes, and it was the same thing there, like, they were all laughing, I'm just like, guys, like, I don't, I don't get it, like, and then in my brain, and I know this is sort of bad, or really bad, depending on how you want to look at it, but like, when everybody else is having such a good time, and I'm not into it yet, you like, feel it like you're left. dislike it even more, yeah, yeah. You feel like you're left out, like you're missing the inside joke on, on yep. something. I agree. I say give it another shot. Watch it by yourself. Rachel and I, we didn't watch it when it was on TV, but we watched it in passing, and now it's one of these shows. It's much like Seinfeld to us. I think they run specials of it on Comedy Central for, like, hours. Yeah. And it's, like, one of those shows that we're like, oh, we can't decide what to watch, so we just, like, put on The Office while we're cooking, and it's just, like, you know, you go through three episodes of it, and you're like, oh, that was fun. Yep. It's a good show. It is a good show. It's funny. There's a lot of classic episodes um i don't think it's like great humor but it's mind-numbing and i like it so but because i haven't seen that i don't have these like preconceived notions of like what john krasinski is supposed to be like yeah so i wasn't watching a quiet place with jim in mind i was, I was. Watching with an actor yeah i was also kind of, i was kind of watching it though like with ryan gosling in mind yeah yeah <laughs> now that you say that it would have been a very different it would have been like way more brooding right like jim seems like really wholesome and i think that's just because yeah. he was jim so like you know i never doubted doubted that he cared about the daughter sorry we were like way deep in a quiet place <laughs> but if if ryan gosling was in it there would have been like some mystery about whether or not like he actually cared about his family i think probably yeah okay wow Whew, geez. All right, so... We can get back into it. <laughs> the TLDR <laughs> is that they do not list the roles that John Krasinski lost to Ryan Gosling. I don't think that there's a lot of crossover. I do think that John Krasinski sort of like... I mean, he's not always, like, upbeat, but he's sort of like... There's an optimism to him... There is. ...that Gosling can convey, you know, like, in stuff. But I think that Gosling's sort of demeanor overall is sort of... More brooding. You know, skeptical or cynicism. Yep, cynis- agreed. Cynical or brooding or whatever, yeah. I a thousand percent i'm with you he 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 plays kind of like a gray area character way better which even in this movie he does the same thing where it's like he's a high-ranking bank employee yeah but he's also saying like hey we're gonna get fucked soon let's make some money together yeah he's like kind of playing both sides sides. Mm -hmm. yeah 
a thousand percent. Back to the movie, I had forgotten, so what I was first saying is, when I saw it in theaters, I had forgotten, before I put it on, that Goss is the narrator of the movie. Yeah, I forgot that too. Right? I was blown away, and we get, like, good voiceover, it starts out with his voiceover, it's funny voiceover, it's, like, self-deprecating, not even self-deprecating, it's just, like, it just means the world around him. And he does a lot of, is he the only character that does it? But he does a lot of breaking the fourth wall, which is a good He does look at the camera, yeah. Well, no, he's not the only one, because there's a couple, so at the, the one thing I'm thinking of is when they're out in Las Vegas, and Steve Carell is, like, you know, interrupting the presentation to, like, talk about how the banks are gonna fail, and Gosling's like, he really did this. But then there's another part in the movie at least in one other part, where the Dandy guys. from American Horror Story. Yes, yes. Did you recognize him as Dandy? I recognize him as Dandy. That's exactly what I recognize him as. There was a lot of characters in this that I recognize from other things. The brother from Get Out, right? No, he wasn't in this. Yeah, the mortgage bro. No, oh, sorry. No, it was a brother from another movie. Fuck, who was... The mortgage bro that was, like, selling things that loses his job at the end. The blonde one. Oh, uh, Max Greenfield. Yeah, the he's from New Girl. He was in a movie that we saw that was, like, and he was, like, an evil brother. He was also, you're talking about, oh, like, the... Goes West. So there's the two... Go- What's his name? Something Goes West. The one with Aubrey Angry Plaza. Goes West? Yes. He was the brother I think in that. about the other guy. Are you talking about, like, the, the blonde hair guy or the brunette? The or, blonde like, the hair guy. guy. Oh, no, because I'm talking about the... The other guy is from New Girl. That's okay. Max Greenfield from New Girl. He was also in uh, the Versace show, American Crime Story of Versace. Okay, cool. He's also He's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in Hello, My Name is Doris, which is really good. He looks very American Horror Story to me as well. Yeah, he's part of the, I mean, he's, you know, American Crime Story is right in that Ryan Murphy-verse, so yeah. There's a lot, of, like, just like this sort of like the, the two pretty, two clean-cut young men, you know what I mean? Like that's sort the of the... douchebag bros, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, the blonde one is from Ingrid Goes West, which was a great movie. We love Aubrey Plaza, so... Sure do. Shout out Zack Attack. The only thing that I don't like about this movie in terms of Gosling is that we do not get a where are they now for his character in the closing credits. Like, I even rewound it to make sure I didn't miss it. Oh, the Gosling character? Yeah, he gets that $47 million check. Yep. There's no sign of, like, where he went next or whatever. Yeah, I agree, and that kind of sucks. I I can feel you with that. I wish that they would have done it. His character is so great in this. And I do love that he's he is the the voice and the driving force behind the movie, which is really hard to carry in a movie like we said that has Christian Bale and Brad Pitt. Like for them to choose Gosling and his character to kind of like bring the whole story together was really interesting. And I think that makes sense for his character because he is playing both sides. He is sort of in both worlds. Yep. He's got a foot in both worlds, so it makes sense that he's sort of the unifying Factor. figure mm-hmm. between all these different sort of people. Yeah, he's the he's the keystone for sure. Oh, so okay, so we have, and I forgot when I was when we were talking about last episode when resident historian Mike Manzi was on to talk about the nice guys. I was like, the, one of the only things I remember about this movie is Margot Robbie in a bathtub. You did not remember that. What I did I not didn't. remember is we got Anthony Bourdain. We get three. Something. We get three good cameos. Actual, right. the proper definition of cameo, True not my definition cameos. of cameo. We get Margot Robbie in a bathtub. Anthony Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain prepping fish, who I love. I'm a huge yep. Anthony Bourdain fan. So when he came up, I was like, "Oh shit, I forgot he was in this." And then the third one is we get Selena Gomez. That's the worst one because it's not just her, it's and it's also I feel guy. like the longest one. And yeah. It's, yeah, it doesn't work very well. Lame. Bourdain yeah. kills it though. He's like so perfect for that little yes. like. Let me explain this to you. Uh, he's he's such an awesome person. Yeah, he's really cool. I don't think he like really does like chef shit anymore though, because he just like tours around with CNN doing. No reservations or whatever version of no reservations is the new version of it, and that's what he does. So, what's the new one? What's what's the new one that he's in? 
Uh, I don't no know. Reserve. You know better than me. I don't know anything about Anthony Dupardine. It's parts unknown. That's what he's been doing. Oh, lately. right, right, yeah. right, 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 right. We. I just have so many like sort of scattered notes. Yeah. No. Do you want to go? To, okay. So the movie obviously is about the housing market collapse. The collapse of, of it. Yeah. Yes. The premise is that this guy Michael Berry, who was played by Christian Bale, had figured yep. out early on that the housing market would most likely collapse when variable interest rate mortgages change their interest rates. When they jack the interest rates up, people would default on their loans, and then the banks would just be like, they're left, basically left with their dick in their hands. Yeah. Shout out neighbors. Yes. And they would just, you know, strippers in Miami with five houses and a condo suddenly can't pay their rates, so they're just not going to, and, and they're going to default. Have no money. Yeah, exactly. Which is really funny because I wasn't involved in this. I didn't see this movie before I bought my house, I don't think. And I was like, when they were like, do you want a fixed rate mortgage or a variable interest rate mortgage? And I'm like, why the fuck would I ever let them decide to change my rate later? Like, that's fucking stupid. I was like, definitely fixed rate. And I'm sure that you got a fixed rate mortgage too, right? Yeah. Well, I was telling people about it, like telling older people, like, you know, co-workers that I, you know, older guys who have had lives and had families and everything, yeah. and, you know, have houses and whatever. And they were like, yeah, when we were buying houses in like the 70s and 80s, it was like 18%. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how yes. are you? What? Yeah. But when I was talking to um, Kevin, Rachel's dad, about this, he was saying, you have to remember that mortgage rates were like 17, 18%, but also savings accounts were like 5% interest. You know what right. I mean? So these kind of go hand in hand. Now we have, you know, savings account that's like maximum 1% interest, and our mortgages are for around floating around 4%, right? Like 45 Yeah, we, but we just don't make money anywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We also have no money, but that's, yep. yeah, it, precisely. We get a crossover to the Fastiverse. How, I forgot what we're talking about, but I'm just going to bring this in. There is a ludicrous video in the middle of this movie. Oh, there is. Yeah, there is. And we like, get a little like, It's like a tege. prolonged inclusion of the ludicrous video. Shake, shake your money maker. yeah. Yep. This this movie has a really good um, soundtrack in general. Oh, believe that I nominated it for Best Soundtrack for the Golden It's whatevers. awesome. It's kind of all over the place, but it was like a oh, lot yeah. of fun pop songs. And then you had like all the heavy metal that... Um, that Christian Bale was listening Christian to. Christian Bale was listening to. So, uh, yeah, I was just watching this, and Zach came over to watch it with me. And he was like, man, like, I know all of these heavy metal songs that Christian Bale's listening to, which is never my area of expertise. Like, I'm, I'm not anti-metal, but, like, it was another, nothing that I would ever choose to listen to, like, you know, by myself in an office. So the first song he listens to is by Mastodon, and that's a great song of a great album. He listens to Metallica later. Yep. Uh, he drums a little bit later. I mean, there's just, uh, there's, a, there's a bunch of songs. I recognize a lot of them. The, the metal songs? Yeah. But the, the the soundtrack is just really all over the place. Did you listen to a lot of metal? Um, or did your I, friends? So in college, a couple of my really close friends were really into metal. Okay. So I am familiar with that. I still I don't listen to a ton of it at all anymore. But I do have more of a basis in that than in a lot of other genres. That's sure. super interesting. I mean, my exposure to it was always just from friends too. Like I was never like, oh man, I'm gonna fucking put on some metal right now. I mean, in the last like five or something years, I've gone to a maiden. Show which was okay. But that doesn't count. Super, that doesn't. That's not like expensive. metal like this. What was really good, which is closer to this, is that I went to the Masters of Metal tour, which was like five years ago, and that was Testament, Motorhead, Heaven and Hell, which is Black Sabbath without Ozzy. 
Oh, interesting. Uh, with Ron James Dio. Okay. And then Judas Priest closed it out. And so that was good. Very that was cool. Really cool. Yeah, very cool. Mastodon, though, the first song he was listening to is more, I would say, more hard rock than metal. I mean, it's sort of just like really heavy, heavy yeah. rock. That is closer to another album that I know you like that's sort of in this vein that we what? both really like is the Death Heaven Sunbather. I do like Death Heaven Sun. See, that's what, yeah, I'm not anti-metal and there's like a lot of things. I want it to be more orchestral than noisy. Yes. So if it's so, more if it's more like that and symphonic, then I, I can really get into it. There's like a lot of albums like that that I would listen to. So yeah, I can agree. So yeah, so Mastodon had put out like four albums and each was basically about a different element. The the album that Christian Bale's listening to in this movie, I think, is off Blood Mountain. And so it's sort of like a heavier, earthy thing, whatever. They later put out an album called Oblivion, which is, I think, for air? You're taking me to school here, brother. I have no idea. Oh, no, it's called Crack the Sky. Oblivion's the song there. So Crack the Sky, it's air. That's closer to Sunbather. That's closer to Death Okay, like, that's, cool. That's more, I think, what you're into. Like, the earlier stuff, like Leviathan, like Blood Mountain, like Remission, like the earth, water, and fire, Yeah. those are the heavier, yeah. more heavy metal. I mean, not that Crack the Sky is not, but I think in terms of, like, an entry point into that, it's closer to what you know I like. sort of like than, yeah, like, because when I heard Sunbather, I was like, oh, this is similar to this other thing that I already like. Cool. We do. We are all over the place tonight, and I kind of like it. This is... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's it's appropriate, because Gosling's not in this movie a lot, so I was like, is it going to be a short episode? Nope. Going to be a normal-length episode, babbling about things that have nothing to do with this movie, or have tangentially related to this movie. Yes. Back to Gosling, I have have a list of some of my um, favorite quotes of this movie. Oh, I have so many good quotes, too. Yeah, hit hit me with one of your favorites. I think Gosling, like, really carried it with his his comedic, like, interlude throughout the movie is really, really nice. Well, so did you know, before you get into this, did you know that this is directed by Adam McKay? Do you know who Adam McKay is? No, who is it? He's Will Ferrell's, like, comedic partner. Like, whenever Will Ferrell's in a movie, it's usually an Adam McKay movie. Oh, so he's, like, Seth Rogen and James Franco, or... No, well, not necessarily. Think of him, like, more like Judd Apatow. That's what I meant, that's what I meant. I was thinking of Judd Apatow and Seth Rogen. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Adam McKay directed Step Brothers. Yeah, makes sense, which I love Step... Adam McKay directed directed this movie... Really? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I wonder how that came about, right? Like, that seems very, like, a, a, a descent from what he normally does. So there was one thing that I saw. I think he was just interested in the story or whatever. But Michael Lewis, who wrote the book, revealed in the interview that Paramount, who made the film, or distributed the film, yeah. allowed Adam McKay to make this film only if he agreed to make a sequel to Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. So they're like, hey, you <laughs> Which can do sucked, this. right? I always forget that that movie even exists, like Anchorman 2. I didn't see the second one. You, you've seen the first one, right? So I have seen the first one. I saw the second one in theaters with my, like, I think my parents... I, we were all like amped for the second one, and it was it fell flat. And uh, nobody even brings that movie up when you talk about Will Ferrell or anything, huh? No, not at all. Not even a little bit. No, it's just like it just got wiped from the history books. It's like one of those movies that everybody was just like, nope, not for my brain, and they just like stopped. <laughs> like, I, yeah, like until you just said it, I didn't even remember that this was like a real movie. So, but I think that's why this movie is so funny that Gosling's able to carry it comedically is because. It's written and directed by a guy who comes from the world of comedy. Yeah. And so you have Gosling, who proves in the next movie he's going to do, The Nice Guys, that he can do comedy really, really well. He's able to take like a really serious subject and like still carry a dramatic movie 
but also inject like lots of crazy weird sort of comedy into it this isn't something that a lot of people can do nowadays you know what i mean right. so part of the reason why we picked him is i think that he is very much like a renaissance man in this sense and like it's hard for um a lot of people to do that so i give him much respect for being able to be funny at funny times but still carry a movie it's it's great yeah so what were some of your favorite quotes uh just from the beginning in the first like the intro monologue like when i first yeah. realized it was goss's voice you know because like it, it kicked my head like immediately he goes like these guys are weirdos and he goes i'm not a weirdo i'm actually a pretty fucking cool guy and like yeah. it was just like so like not so like it was like so gloaty that i was like that's really funny that he said this because we know that he's like really not he's kind of like a quiet like not self-aware guy yeah that was pretty funny my favorite gossip scene in this movie i think has to be when he first comes into their office after he makes the accidental phone call right yep Mm -hmm. and he's like and he's just like berating like the guy's like shut the fuck up what's his name steve or like who he just like it's a running joke throughout the movie that he just like is just like shitting on this guy constantly oh so apparently i I, I think i got rid of the trivia but like that was some just like crew guy like he might have been like a production assistant or something and like he had to be gosling's assistant in one scene and then they wrote him into like 20 pages of the movie because he's always with gosling and gosling's always just so mean to him yeah it's really funny i want to know if gosling was like if gosling kind of like improv that like shut the fuck up steve like the first one and they were like oh that worked great like keep this guy in here or if it was like part of the script and they were just like he looks so perfectly oblivious in the movie that it works yep. really well so in that same scene though he's talking about like he's he's sort of being that like not even casually racist just like flat out racist he's like look at this guy my quant he's like that's my quant and like you're what is it my quantitative and they wait and the camera pans yeah the, the camera is locked to you and you didn't even know that there was a third guy really until it like pans over to the asian guy who then breaks the fourth wall and he's like no i speak english and like my name's you know whatever that's not my name i speak english they just he just thinks it's more impressive when they say like or more authentic when they when they don't think that i can speak english also they give him like very like small square glasses that make his eyes look even more asian which is like it's so racist but it's also really funny gosling plays a really great used car salesman which is what steve carell says you know what i mean yep. like he's like yep. he's so he's such a used car salesman that like you can't even be upset with him he's so transparent in the movie like he he just plays a scumbag but he's like not hiding it he just is a scumbag and like to that point in that scene when they're like what are you doing like why are you doing this like aren't you gonna get paid like don't you work for the bank he's like let's not talk about my margins being nice and fat okay (laughs) that's a nice shirt do they make it for men just like (laughs) he's just so like cuts to the mean like he goes from like defensive to aggressive in like a hair like it just i am not gonna let you call me on my bullshit and instead i'm gonna call you out on that like ugly girly shirt yeah exactly it's a role that like to be able to turn like that that quickly you have to be a good actor and it's really funny from him and then and when he goes like when he tries to do like the salesman pitch and he's like do you smell that and he's like <laughs> opportunities like no money god damn it yeah. steve like <laughs> keep fucking everything up i don't know if yep. that guy's name was steve or not but in my head it's steve and then later when he finally sort of closes the deal he's at the gym the, like the, the that was a great Vinny. scene too because when we cut yeah. into that scene we see gosling doing like pull-ups or like ab crunches and stuff like Like, he's doing a pull-up and then like twisting his whole body like it's 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 an ab workout that also works as upper body like it's just yeah it's just gosling being like ripped gosling yeah and it was just like so out of place but but, like he's like in the background 
background, so it's not like he's, like, the main focus of it, but you see him doing this, like, really awkward, I mean, I guess it's not awkward, but, like, he's doing this, like, core, like, lifting his legs up yeah. to do, like, these yep. ab workouts, and he just looks like such an idiot in, like, a beautiful way. Like, he, he looks like he's lost doing it, which makes me really happy, and it's comedic and just... It, it, I don't even know if it was meant to be comedic, but he just, like, is so funny. Like, yeah, it just exudes comedy in that moment, so. They, the guy, asked, Vinny asks him, he's like, why are you doing this? Like, what do you get out of this? He's like, I'm not fucking you, Vinny. I'm kissing you. I'm looking deep into your eyes as I make love to you. I'm handing you the deal of the century in a silver platter. And he's basically saying, like, you know, yeah, like, I'm going to get crazy rich, but I'm also doing this to get people off my ass. Like, it's going to make him make me look good. And that's it. And that's what sells it. it. Like, he's so yep. truthful. He's like, look, like, yeah, like, I know that, like, I'm going to get crazy rich on this, but, like, also, my bosses are pissed at me. You're going to get rich, too. And, like, I believe in it. It's the most honest thing he could have said. And that's how, it, like, in the movie, at least, that's how he, like, makes the sale on this. So I wonder, is he a real character? Did we even check that? Like, was Gosling's character real? Was he, like, the actual person? He seems like he could have been a character that they made up to bring the movie together and, like, didn't actually exist in real life. Because, like, Michael Berry exists. The guy Steve Carell's playing, he existed. The two kids, they existed. It kind of almost feels like Gosling's character could have not been a real person. It is let me take a look because they're i don't think they're the real people i think all of them are sort of based on other people i think no Although, what are you talking about no christian bale's person is real i know that michael burry is real yeah michael burry's real the two guys from brown hill whatever they're real too the character mark baum b-a-u-m and that is let me see if I no i just looked it up his name's jared vennett he was a real person and they have like an article that i mean that came out in 2015 that says what does he think of ryan gosling in the movie and i didn't uh... well so okay okay so so steve carell's character is based on a different guy. Like, Mark Baum, who's Steve Carell, is based on this guy, Steve Eisman. Jared Vennett was based on Greg Lippman. Like, they're not the right name. It's, like, sort of like a movie version of whatever. Steve Eisman. Why does that name sound familiar? Steve, how do you spell it? I-S? E-I-S-M-A-N. I think you're thinking Steve Eisman. No, I'm not. Steve Eisman. I think he was involved in the new big short movie, the like, the Netflix documentary on Herbalife. It was, like, oh, okay. betting on zero or something. They might have mentioned him in there. But, oh, he's always on, like, MSNBC and stuff. It looks like Bloomberg. I probably... I, I, I recognize his name, and, like, it sounds familiar, but I... I don't recognize his face. Oh, so the going back to what I was saying before, that that guy who plays Gosling's assistant is not was not like a crew yeah. member. He was just an extra, and they they boosted him up. He That's plays cool. his name is Chris, not Steve. It's Chris. Interesting. In the specials, the Blu-ray director Adam McKay revealed that he wrote the role of Jared Vinette for with only Ryan Gosling in mind. So this was one that he wrote for Gosling. What I did not know yes. or did not remember was that Gosling apparently took a break from acting. So the next Gosling movie that he's going to be in that we're covering is two years earlier interesting 2013's only god forgives because what he did in the meantime the next movie we're talking about on this podcast is he made a movie called lost river so i think he took a break from acting to go instead make a movie so it's not like he was gone for a while yeah two years isn't that that bad i was gonna ask you what was he doing like if it was like rehab or if it was like something interesting but he was just making a movie he made a movie yep and that's what we're gonna do next month here on boyfriend material oh cool 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 so we're cutting that one in even though he's is he in it or no no. Okay, interesting. Okay, cool. But he is a director, and I think it's important to cover it. Agreed. As no, a, I'm, yeah, I'm sold. As a piece of art. Yeah. Uh, we also, toward the end of the movie, another one of my favorite quotes is, when this movie 
to explain sort of what like the weirdness of the scene. Yeah. The movie is weird to watch. Brad Pitt even calls out Dandy and his friend on it because like the fun that you have in watching this movie comes at the expense of the American economy. Yeah, which is which is twisted and I'm glad the movie you're right like Brad Pitt's character kind of turns the movie on its head and makes you reflect yourself on that you're like, yeah, I hope that these guys win, right? Because they're like portrayed as the good guys. But at the end of the day, you really kind of want the bad guys to win because the only reason why the good guys are winning is because, like, all these people are getting fucked. Like, all of these, like, common middle-class, lower-class people are, like, losing their houses and jobs and shit and, like, pensions. So, like, that's way worse. Like, the ultimate bad guys are the bankers, but in them losing, everybody loses, and it really sucks, yeah. The weirdness in, like, enjoying this movie, as we were talking about, is sort of... You see Gosling celebrating at the end of the movie when he goes to that bathroom, right? And he's, like, basically trying to chase everybody out. Yes. Okay, yeah. And he goes in the bathroom, there's a guy washing his hands, he goes, he just says, Shane, Shane, and then Shane leaves. And then uh, somebody else comes in, he's just like, no, Alex. And, like, that guy leaves, too. Like, he's just trying to get everybody out so that, like, people don't see it. Like, people who are about to lose their savings, lose their job, maybe lose their home. They're all losing everything. But Gosling, because he saw what was coming and sort of played both sides, is about to make millions and millions of dollars. Like, tens of millions of dollars, if not more. Yeah. And so he has to be excited. He's trying to go to the bathroom to be, like, excited. And then he finally yells, I'm jacked to the tits. Like, I'm so excited. I love that quote. Yeah. Tits. Are you jacked right now? I'm jacked to the tits. <laughs> and he's just like this like controlling, domineering force in the bathroom. It's great. Yeah, no, it is really funny. And I like that they put him in the bathroom. I like that his character plays very much a Wolf of Wall Street kind of character. Did this movie come out before or after Wolf of Wall Street? After. Yeah, so I think that like they took a lot of the Wolf of Wall Street kind of feel. I'm sure that Gosling was like, yeah, I, I bet my character could be a little bit like Jordan Belfort, right? Belfort? Well, because he looks looks like he belongs in the 80s. Like, he does not look like he belongs in 2005. Yeah, which is the second time we've seen him act like he was from the 80s, essentially, in, you know, two movies, so... Well, no, the the Nice Guys was the 70s. But, I mean, he plays peri- kind of a period actor very well. Definitely, he, yeah. he can He can play back 70s, 80s, even early 90s, like, really quickly, I think. And we're going to see that in a couple more movies, like Gangster Squad is, like, the 20s or the 30s. Exactly. Like, when, when resident historian Mike Manzi and I did Cage Club, we were always in impressed by how well Cage fit into every era, and then we saw in Keanu Club that Keanu didn't really fit into older decades, and now that we're doing Charlize, she sort of fits into everything really sort of effortlessly too. So I I don't think it's super common, but it is a trait shared by Gosling and Cage and Charlize of the people that we follow closely on this network. Like, I don't think Zeph... Like, Zeph feels out of place as Agreed. in, like, Parkland. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't feel like he belongs. I mean, he's okay, but it's it's not it's not as good as Gosling does. Like, Gosling meshes it really well, and, and he does, like, the wacky accents really well, too. Like, even in this movie, Gosling does, like, a really good, like kind of New York-y accent. You know what I mean? Not, like, heavily, like, Bronx accent, right. but he does, like, yep. the nice, like, the New York twinge to his, like, wording and, like, the delivery of stuff really well. For being Canadian, That's I think that's really awesome. So, yeah, I think that helps him play into these periods, too. The final quote from Gosling that I love in this movie 
is that at the end of the movie, when he gets his $47 million bonus check, yes. he just says, I never said I was the hero of this story. Because he wasn't. He was just the narrator and the and the carrier of the story. But yeah, definitely not. He, I, I, I wouldn't consider him the hero of this at all. I'd really like to watch a movie on the character that he played. And this article says that he um, had dinner with Gosling and stuff like that. So he must have got some inspiration from the actual guy, Lipman, whoever that was. I mean, well, yeah. it's him, but yeah, he must have got some inspiration from him, so I'm, I'm curious to see how it, pl- it played out. I'm trying to see what other things I have written down from this movie. Marissa Tomei is in this movie. Mary yeah! Mary Steve Carell. That's right. And yeah, she surprised me too. That's another one of the ones that we forgot that she was in it, but the cast is great, but like, yeah, yep. Marissa Tomei just like shows up out of nowhere and she's in it for a couple scenes. Oh, there was a... There's also Karen Gillan, who is the redhead at the pool, and like, it almost feels like that Who's should that? be someone sort of more famous. She is... So she's at the pool in Las Vegas. She's no, I know who she is. From I'm saying, but who's where's she from? The first thing that comes to my mind, well, she was in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. She was the one in blue. Okay. She was in that TV show that got canceled after a year, Selfie, on ABC. Uh, she's also, I think, probably most famously, I think, one, I don't know the terminology because I haven't seen the show, in Doctor Who, like, the Doctor always has, like, a sidekick, and I think she was a sidekick for one of the Doctors, I think. Oh, interesting. I've never seen Doctor Who either, so... Well, Melissa Lina, write in, please. Melissa, please write in to us. I know that you watch Doctor Who. I know you love Karen Gillan. Please educate us. I could Google it, but I'd rather get fan mail. Yeah, same. There's also... Oh, the other thing that I have written down it was another quote. They call me Chicken Little. They call me Bubble Boy. Like, the people around me keep thinking that the sky is falling, but... I'm right. That was a great one. I think the better one is when they have to, when Steve Carell and his crew has to keep paying this money, the first mortgages start defaulting, right? Yep. And the money's not going down. So they're like, get fucking Gosling in here, right? And so Gosling shows up and he's like, and he's like, if this is true, like everything that they're doing is illegal. And he's like, tell me the difference between stupid and illegal and I'll have my brother-in-law arrested. And it's just like (laughs) such a great line. And everybody's like, yeah. Okay. Yep. He delivers such great one-liners like this. It's amazing for him to be, like, such a serious actor in some parts and then still deliver such good one-liner comedic, like, one-liners comedically. It's great. Definitely. That's all the notes I have. Let me see. Trivia, trivia, trivia. Yeah, that's all the notes I have for this movie. Um, It's a great movie. I'm glad that we talked about more fringe aspects of it and not just, like, yep. the movie itself. I think Gosling's great in it. He played a great character, and, like, it's it's amazing, so... And the movie's really great. I mean, I don't think we really... I don't think we really talked about it, Like, but the movie's really great. It's very entertaining for being such about a heavy topic, and it's, it's also... It's well shot. It's fun. It's well yeah, edited. It's really I good. like that they use the, um, like, the chopped kind of montage situation a lot they cut in like a lot of different things like the cameos are like very raw cut like they tell you they're coming yep the little nod when they're like oh no we didn't actually figure this out this way we figured it out a different way and they break the fourth wall and tell you that this was just like part of the movie even though it's like not how it happened it was awesome little nuanced things like that i think make the movie really stand out in my mind and i had forgotten how much i enjoyed it the first time so i'm glad we got to rewatch it and like i said earlier i mean it was nominated for best editing at the academy awards so like it was recognized for how sort of inventive and cool it was oh yeah so it was best picture and best editing so oh yeah no a bunch of things i also said like yeah best directing best supporting actor all this different stuff but like the editing editing generally goes to i I would say mostly like action movies and stuff yep exactly but this is just because of such a creative way of telling the story i agree it's well deserved uh, that nominated yep well deserved that nomination in my opinion so 
So in the original script, the celebrity cameos were different. Instead of Margot Robbie, it was going to be Scarlett Johansson standing under a waterfall. So either way, it was going to be a beautiful woman by water. I'm not the biggest Scarlett luster. Okay. I do have, you know, a huge crush on Margot Robbie, as everyone does, I'm sure. But uh, sure. I like Scarlett a lot. I think she's a great actress, but I, I, I'm glad they went Margot Robbie, not Scarlett, in this particular place. Instead of Selena Gomez, it was going to be Beyonce and Jay-Z. Oh. And Jay-Z was even scripted as saying losing the bet was, quote, a hard knock life. So that would have been cool. Oh, that would have been so much cooler. Yep. Fuck, that one's ruined. Okay. Another thing about the cameo was that Margot Robbie claimed she was drinking real 20-year-old Dom Perignon champagne. Interesting. During her scene, adding that the only challenge was that she had to read her lines from memory. They can't give her cue cards. Hair and makeup done, sitting in probably like a really comfortable bathtub in really you know, warm, nice water, drinking yeah. really great champagne. All she had to do is remember her lines. That's the only difficulty she had. Okay, so she was saying, like, it wasn't difficult. She was saying, like, it was so easy, and, like, the only thing that even yep. took every, any effort was the lines. Fair Pretty enough. Much. Okay. We will get to this movie shortly enough. I have not actually seen it yet, but Crazy Stupid Love will reunite, or I guess bring together for the first time, if you talk about, you know, chronological order, Gosling, Marissa Tomei, and Steve Carell, so that's kind of cool. Oh, I didn't know that they did a movie together before this. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I've and never you know, seen Steve it. Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling were in it together. I didn't know that Marissa Tomei was in that. Yeah. And the only other thing that I have was the quote, there is the, there's a couple quotes in the middle of this movie that sort of pop up that kind of, like, break the movie into different acts, and they sort of, like, set the tone, and there's one that says, truth is like poetry, and most people fucking hate poetry. Yeah. Attributed to overheard at a Washington D.C. bar. Yes. Uh, Adam McKay apparently was so was searching for the perfect quote for so long that he just made that quote up and just said it was overheard oh. at a bar because he's like, I can't think, I can't find a quote that tells what I wanted to tell. So he just made something up and just said like, Oh yeah, I heard it somewhere. Oh, that's cool. I really like that. Yeah, Zach and I laughed really hard when um, that quote came up. It sounded like something. There's a there's a a bar in D.C. that's, like, one of the oldest bars in D.C. I forget the name of it. It's maybe, like, the Eagle something. I don't remember. But um, when I went to D.C. not too long ago, Rachel's from there. We were we met up with Rachel's parents at this at this bar. And uh, it's really cool. It's, like, old and wood. And it felt like something okay. you would have heard there. Like, it feels like it was a bar that, like, you probably could have smoked in. You definitely could have smoked in back in the day. And it's, like, a bar that, like, um, some congressmen hang out in. And it's just, like, so old. Like, I don't know the time for of it but it just felt like whenever i saw the quote i was like oh i would have heard it right there that's exactly where i heard it and it sucks that knowing that he made it up but it's also a great quote so it's not that bad what i do like that sort of reminds me of another part in the movie that it was the other thing i don't think i actually said it before we were talking about it before about when gosling talks to the camera but it was earlier in the movie where the dandy and the other guy are get turned down from getting that like whatever that designation they need to basically play with the heavy hitters of the banking world is the they were saying they pick up like that they supposedly pick up the the portfolio of yes you know steve carell's thing or whatever and Which then they I turn mentioned. the camera and they're like this isn't actually how it happened and i love that, yeah. that it's like this is like such a super movie moment but we know that this is like it feels fake and it is fake and we're going to call ourselves out on this bullshit yeah because it's not real but in the process of telling like an economical story uh, it makes more sense to do it this way than like have introduced like two or three other characters just like get the yeah like he found out from whatever. his like yeah. brother and like or something yeah it was all this weird shit the the is the part was the only part that i couldn't logically follow why they needed brad pitt 
to do that for them and how he could but they couldn't didn't make sense to me it has to be like i'm guessing because i don't know anything about any of this same yeah but i'm guessing that it has to be like awarded to an individual and he has the license and so that even though he retired he's still able to make those trades or that he's still certified as an individual so they bring him on because they can't get certified that's that's what i'm guessing too it feels more like something like that to me that he had like you know such high credentials in trading that he could somehow do it even though they were like kind of uh garage traders they needed him because he had it but they also said that like you need like 1.5 billion dollars to be able to do the trade and i don't know if they were like hinting that he had that much money but if he did we'd probably know about who he was as a person i think i don't know that you necessarily need to have that personally i think you need to be the one who like manages that amount and so like he was very high like he they said that he resigned from chase like he just quit everything because he got disgusted yeah i think he was probably just managing a portfolio that size like i don't think okay personally a billionaire i mean there's possibility yeah but that's not the impression really i got from it yeah that's what i that's what i got too it was like it was like oh he's like fine and i'm sure that he had a lot of money because he retired and just like left banking but at the same time like it didn't seem like he had like 1.5 billion dollars that he could just like you know put on the line for these kids right so that's what i was thinking too Yep. Go ahead. Back to trivia. Sorry for a little tangent. No, totally fine. Totally fine. I'm wrapping up anyway. No, that was that was my last trivia, I think. That was all I got. Oh, cool. Perfect. So, any other thoughts about the movie before we move on to the games and other segments? No, we talked to, we talked everything that I wanted to talk about it, and, I, and I'm glad that we got to rewatch it, like I said before. So, we have an email address, boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me. Oh, wait, sorry. Before we do that, there is a segment that we have. We can't really play it because there's no in- musical instruments, but it's, hey, guys, what's in your hands? Oh, what's I in got your hands, one. Guys? What's, yeah. What you got? It wasn't a musical instrument, but he had some Jenga blocks in his hands. He sure Which did. is a very interesting, not one that we would have uh, guessed, right? Like, even after seeing the movie, I wouldn't have remembered he had Jenga blocks at some point. So, very, very interesting choice of what was in his hands. So, yeah. So, I like that this game is not necessarily just about musical instruments. It's just about, like, whatever. It's either it's either musical instruments or... Most likely musical weird instruments. stuff weird stuff he's picked up. Yeah, whatever he got in his hands. What else did he have in his hands that you remember? Do you remember anything else that was weird? Maybe, like, the gym uh, handles? Like, the handles when he was doing the crunches? I don't think so. I think that's probably about it. Cool. Okay. We do have an email address, boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me. Email us. Let us know whatever you want to say. Chime in. We will read it on air. Yeah. We will read whatever. Read whatever. We have tonight four emails from oh, four different people. Oh, awesome. Wow. Okay. Right? Cool. All right. So, first email up is from... Resident historian Mike Mansey. He guessed it on our last episode. The day after he guessed it, he sent us an email called The Isle. A I S L E. He says, Hey, boyfriends. Still the best <laughs> opening to an email that everybody's ever written. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Go ahead. Resident historian, third time's a mic here. Just want to say I had a great time on the show talking about my favorite film of the moment, The Nice Guys. I love having Mike on the show. So I had a awesome. lot of fun playing games as well. And while I was at the supermarket today, I had the urge to snap this picture for the show. Oh. So put in Discord. Let me see. Oh, wow. I got I to gotta say to you, Mike Manzi, this picture is too big for Discord. Whoa. Is it of his so dick? I to, I'm going to upload it to our site. Give me one second while I do this. Okay. You're just going to ignore my joke, drink. Dick? Okay. I heard it. Okay. Yeah, you ignore it. I just wanted to ignore it. That's fine. That's why I've said it three times, so you had to acknowledge it. I heard it twice. I didn't hear it the third time. Well, was okay. it of his dick? There you go. Okay. Okay. You sent it in Discord? Okay, so I just sent you a link. Oh, 
It's the whole cereal aisle. We got some Captain Crunches. This is a, oh, this, this is an interesting setup. I don't know how I feel about this. So he says, and this is a little bit of an insight into what the picture looks like. He says, mind you, this may be the second ever panorama picture I've taken with my phone, but it felt appropriate. He said, enjoy this? Question mark. He says, I have to wonder what a Ryan Gosling cereal would look like and be marketed as. Perhaps oh. listeners like me may take it upon themselves to mock up a possible design for said product one day. Oh, what so, would, what yes. would Ryan Gosling cereal look like? Mm. What kind of cereal would it be? It would be inedible cereal, I can tell you that much, because he wouldn't eat it. Yeah, that's true. it would just be like parts of other... It would be card the cardboard box of the cereal cut up into shapes that you would pour milk on and then not eat. No, I'm trying... Oh, I, that's a good thought. I, I'm thinking it would be more like kind of like smacks or something. I think that would be like a kind of Gosling branded yeah? cereal. Yeah, I don't know why. I just feel smacks. Huh, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, man. I don't know. Do they even make smacks anymore? I think so. Okay. So that's what I would, that's what I'm feeling it would be like. And the box would just be, oh, maybe the box would be like super like drive inspired, right? It would just be like all black and just be like smacks. Just like right on top and neon pink. It would be moody, but it'd be a little bit sweet. A yeah. little sweet. A little sweet. A hint of sweetness. No corn syrup. It would be no natural, like all natural <laughs> flavors. So yeah, so if you have a better idea or a different idea or whatever for a cereal, a boyfriend must cereal, email yeah. us, boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me. Resident historian Mike Manzi has put the challenge out to the world. What do you think a Ryan Gosling cereal would be like? Mike does not answer his own question, so maybe next month he will write in and let us know what he thinks maybe. a Who knows? Ryan Gosling cereal would be like. Yeah. Next email from Melissa Lynham. We mentioned her a couple times already. We did. She it's good says, to hear from Melissa. We haven't heard from her in a while, huh? We have not heard from her in a while, but I know that she does listen. I know she does. To and I everything. appreciate it. Thank you, Melissa. Yeah. Email subject line, Gosling. She says, look what's been sitting on my counter for months. Gonna go make myself a strong tiki drink. Oh, Gosling's rum? Is it got? I bet it's Gosling's rum. It is going into Discord right now. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, and in an, a natural valley bar. Ooh. A nature valley bar on the back. Yep, yep, yep. And some paper and then, towels that need replaced soon. Good job, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> and she, she sent this picture uh, several weeks ago, so I'm assuming paper towels have been replaced by now. She also sent... <laughs> Unless she uses no paper towels, but there's like two left on this roll. An animated image. I'm not going <gasps> to say what the word is. <gasps> it's a what? It's an animated image. And uh, what's the oh, fuck? I wish I would have remembered what the three letters graphical stand for. interface file. Graphical interface file. It's a graphical. Like can that? we just call it that from now on, so we don't have this argument again? I'd rather not. Why? We should come up with a new word for it instead of GIF. Yes. Okay. So here's the thing. So email us either. Oh, I know. I know it. I know what I want to call what? it. What? Oh fuck! It's that it, it made so much more sense in my head. I wanted to call it a movie, not like a talkie, but like a movie. But then I realized movies are worse. Movies already a thing. <laughs> movies already a thing. So yeah, a non-talkie. A non-talkie. Could you do like silenty, silent, a silent? No, I don't like that. Si- I don't know. I'll, it does. It has bad mouth feel. I don't An like untalkie. A non-talkie. An untalkie. Think, we'll think about it. Email us. Quiety. Pictures of cereal. Number one. Okay. Number two. What's a Ryan Gosling cereal? And number three. What should we call the word that is GIF so we don't have this argument anymore? Yes. But the picture that Melissa sent in is of Ryan Gosling eating cereal, so very, it is. very cool. It's funny. It's it's like an old Vine picture, so there must have been a time when, like, he was getting shit about not eating his cereal, and, like, he must have just made this Vine to be like, shut the fuck up, I eat my cereal. <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. <laughs> 
<laughs> Love it. Love yeah. it. It looks like Bran Flakes, too, or something. Something very gosling of him. Go ahead. Thank you, Melissa, for emailing that. And next email we have from first-time emailer to this podcast, I believe, but a new fan of ours from Zack Attack, Aaron O'Malley, emails him. Oh, in. hi, Aaron. Subject line, hate mail. Oh. She says, Joe 2, re, in, re, in reply to R.E. colon, episode Blade Runner 2049, then in all capital letters, how can you not know who Ed Harris is? Question mark, exclamation point. She says, The Rock? Question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. One of the greatest movies of all time, or at least one of my top five. Not Which that I, I know you judgment. love. I know. I forgive you. I'm sorry. What I do have to say, Aaron, is boy, do we have a podcast for you. I don't know if you realize, Aaron, but we are not just about hunky men on this. Well, we also are, sort of. But before there was Zack Attack, before there was Boyfriend Material, it all started with a little podcast called Cage Club. Resident historian Mike Manzi and I talked about every Nicolas Cage movie, including The Rock. Yeah, so uh, go give it a listen, man. She also writes that she was in her parents' garage and found a little bit of Gosling on Gosling action, and she sent oh. in this picture. Gosling on Gosling? Oh! More <laughs> more Gosling's room. I love it. I love it so much. They have a handle and a 750. Interesting. Yeah. I like it. It's a good choice. That's how... I mean, I usually just buy the large bottles of Jack Daniels, so... But I do like that they have the option in their household. Pretty Absolutely. Good. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for writing an email, Aaron. Our last email is from Jenny McMullen, super fan Jenny McMullen. Hi, Jenny. Subject pick, P-I-C. So this... So I just want to say to you, Joe, okay. four emails tonight, four different pictures. Yes. This is unprecedented... I like Love it. I like fans. all the pictures. I like I going through fans. what you guys want to send us. Oh, what says, is Hi, this? Guys. She says, you ever buy the more reasonably priced cereal that doesn't come in a box like these? Later, Jenny. And she sent in a picture so, of the cereal sort of on the bottom shelf, the bottom rack of the grocery store. The generic ones. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. So here's here's my official, my hot take on store brands like this. Go ahead. There is almost never a taste difference between this and the actual regular food. I just don't buy it because I'm dumb, I think. Okay, sir. I was also anti-generics for a long time, right? My mom was like anti-generics. I never started buying generic stuffs until I had to pay for my own things. Right, yep. In which case, I discovered I fucking love them. A lot of the times, um, we cook a lot, so I will buy, like, um, for example, like, something we used last night is, like, generic cream cheese, like, for a sauce base. Like, if I'm uh-huh. not using it on a bagel, like, I don't need Philadelphia cream cheese, right? right. Like, yep. it, it makes absolutely no difference in my head. As for the generic cereals, I have so many classic cereals that I like that yep. I usually buy, like, um, Honey Bunches of Oats and Cheerios and stuff like that, but... I did find my one store that's around here that I took you to, the meat market that's around here. Yep. It's, it's a really weird place, and you were there. Yeah. This is the place where they're like, hey, we got a discount on meats, but you have to come up and ask for it? That one? Yes, that place. Yep. So, like, you can go up to the meat counter, and you're like, hey, I wanted some ribeyes. And he's like, well, you're not going to get ribeyes. You're going to get these steaks. <laughs> And four packs of chicken and, like, two packs of sausages, and I'll give you a good deal on it. And then but it's, it's like, going to cost you $7 for all of that. Yeah, exactly. So you're like, okay, fine. Like, you can buy what you actually want, and he's like, no, or you can buy all this other shit, and I'll give it to you for a really good price. And you're like, yeah, that sounds about fair, too. So yep. I was at that place. 
and they had generic style bags of cereal, but the cereals were actual cereals. So I got like French Toast Crunch, and they only had like a few flavors of it. It wasn't like every flavor, and they always put them like in the middle of the aisle. Like it's like it's a really weird store. You've been there, but like I, I don't know how to describe it. Then like they have stuff that they buy that's like maybe either expired or like wasn't didn't sell well at another store, and they just buy all of it and then they sell it for like pennies, right? Yeah. So um, I got like all of this cereal in the bags and it was like french toast crunch and what else was the fucking it was like all of these weird cereals that were like ones like i would never really buy it was such a good deal it was like a dollar a bag for like a you know a fucking generic size bag of it yep. and i i just i bought like six of them and rachel's like you gotta stop buying cereal like you're not even gonna <laughs> eat it and i was like but it's only a dollar like for like si- i bought like two boxes worth of price of cereal and i got like 12 boxes worth of cereal and so like I, i'm sure that i still have french toast crunch downstairs it's like in an unopened bag and like (laughs) that's just how it worked yeah i didn't realize when i had cereal for dinner because i was running late on our watching and then recording it was so thematically appropriate for tonight for me to have cereal what kind did you eat uh lucky charms lucky that's a that's mid-tier i love it though it just it's 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 a jam it is it's a good one anyways i do i do like generic cereals and i need to i need to find more generic cereals but you know what i don't do a lot of grocery shopping at a grocery store i go to like my meat market I go to, like, my little Italian market that's up the street. And then too. if I buy, like, random shit, a lot of times, like, Rachel and I will go to Walmart. And I guess they have generic cereals, but I never really buy cereal at Walmart. It's, like, not, like, a place that, like, I look for cereals, I guess. Yeah, I should pay more attention to the generics. I, I, I'm not I'm not opposed to them, so. And most of the shit that I eat is, like, fucking Cheerios and shit anyway, so, yeah, probably should. I think my problem with generics my long-standing problem which is not really a problem anymore is that my dad is so brand conscious that he always goes for the brand name everything same that's what i'm saying my mom but when i was living in texas there was heb which is the best grocery store in america and their store brand everything is cheap as hell and also delicious really best apple apple cider that i've ever had is their apple cider like it's it's basically it's just apples squeezed and spiced. That's it. Like there's no other. Damn. There's no preserv- There's no preservatives. There's no added sugars. It's just spices and it's apple. It's just the best. It's so good. Uh, and everything there is just delicious. That's awesome. You know what I think really played into my um, turn to generics was probably buying stuff like either Trader Joe's brand or like 365 brand from um, Target. No, not 365 brand. The other one, like the one from Whole Foods, like whatever their generic brand is. Oh, okay, okay. I would buy like a lot of their store brand because it would be like organic, but at the same time, like pretty much the same price as like a regular item like a brand like a, a national brand yeah i think that's what converted me i you know, i think generics will make a huge comeback with our generation just because we don't have money for like brand loyalty for anything yep the only thing in my house that rachel's loyal to is fucking bounty paper towels she, <laughs> she refuses to let me buy anything else i bought like the well former Cage Club Podcast Network co-host of Monkey Club, Christian Larson. His mom told me once, or he told me based on or based on something his mom said, basically buy generics in everything, but don't skimp on toilet paper or Ziploc bags or one other thing. And I don't Very know what good the third point. Name was, but it's basically like some things the brand name is worth it. Matt, who we've talked about in here before, he works in like kind of food service-y stuff. I'm not going to say what he does, but he said like they only use bounty paper towels in the stores. Like 
that he deals with because they're like technically the best like scientifically they're like the least linty paper towels and for food safety like bounty is like leaps and bounds better than any other paper towel so but i agree with larson's mom toilet paper uh, ziploc bags there's some shit that i just won't buy generic garbage bags too like if you buy like cheap garbage bags it's like it's just worse dude just yeah just spring for the fucking flex seal whatever those are yep flex bags yeah get those man so thank you jenny for writing in and thank you jenny we appreciate your emails of thoughts we always appreciate your emails. Thank you for listening. Email us next month, boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me. Let us know what you think Gosling cereal would be like. Let us know what you think we should call animated pictures. And what was the third thing we wanted to ask people for? I forget. What was I it? already forget. Cereals of Gosling, Gosling cereal, what we should call an animated image. Right. There's a third thing, though. That's, that's all I thought of. Whatever. You're listening to this. We're just talking. Email us the third thing. Remind us the third thing. Whatever. Just let us know. Yeah. That's all I got. Okay, That's all I got. first game to play is the Google game. So we're going to do the big short, Ryan Gosling. Okay. So we have scene, quotes, character, trailer, interview, which I think is just about interviews about it, then clip, lines, and then GIF, which is, I guess, cool. There yeah. is one in here, only one to guess. It's an uncommon one. I don't think we've had it before. Suit. It is something we've talked about tonight, though. Suit. No. Workout? Nope. Well, speaking of suit, what is the uh, the boyfriend material for this episode? Wool. Right. And why is it wool? Because they're wearing pinstripe suits. No, it's not suit. It's not workout. It is something we talked about, though. Try to strain your brain. It's something that you've talked about a lot specifically. Interesting. Um, fourth wall? Nope. I have no idea. Assistant. Assistant. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, cool. Right? Yeah, that's a really cool one. People Googling the right things, I can tell you that much. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for them, man. The next game is the YouTube trailer game. So we're going to search the big short trailer on YouTube. The first thing that comes up is the official trailer from Paramount Pictures. 8.4 million views. I'm going to toss it into Discord right now. Thank you, sir. going to click play. Hold on. Going to let it buffer. Let me know when you're ready. Looks like I am ranking i'm ready to go when you are sir all right three two one play okay and here we go yeah okay long long intro screen okay christian bale bouncing the tennis ball yep michael how are you it's like very um quiet and slow it's quiet and slow it's it's making it intense. The housing market is rock solid. Money, signing checks. Christian Bale's it's, boss, who he's talking to in the scene, makes $489 million in this movie, so yeah, that's not too bad. Not a bad come up at all. the author of Moneyball and the Blind Side, like we were talking about, and here we go. We're sort of getting into the action of it. I feel like it's probably really hard to cut a trailer for this because, like, it's not a super exciting movie. There's, there's our boy... Ryan Goss himself. Yeah. And they use um, Zeppelin. They use When the Levee's Gonna Break in the trailer, which I like. Which is a Strippers. Song too. Strippers, which is, like, not a big part of the movie. No, but it is a big part of Magic Mike's. It is. Email us pictures of strippers to Magic Mike's at Cageclub.me. This character, that's Frances woman... Conroy from the American Horror Story universe. Oh, that's right. And that and that woman that had the glasses on, the, her being, like, blind was a really nice cinematic technique, right? Absolutely. Yep. Okay, they're gambling. Blind they're in Vegas. The world around her. 
There's the empty office. I wonder if office. we're going to get a cameo. Do you think we're going to get a cameo? Like, we're going to get uh, Margot Robbie or a Selena Gomez or no. a Anthony Bourdain in here? Nope, not at all. Marissa Tomei, but you didn't even notice it was her. How can the banks let this happen? It's fueled by Bunch of white guys sitting in rooms. Not a lot of diversity in terms of casting in this movie. It's, bunch, it's basically just a bunch of bros, a bunch of white bros <laughs> talking to each other. And it's, it's sort of... Uh, they shot that 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 part of the of the trailer made it look like Gosling and Christian Bale and Steve Carell were all in that office together, and not, that scene never happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, Christian Bale never is on screen with Brad Pitt or Gosling or Steve. No, Bale. they're never on screen together. Exactly. So it's really interesting that they chose to shoot it that way. Yep. There's a Jenga set. Goes yep. kablooey. There's our bro, blonde bro. Yeah, more strippers, black hair bro. And I can't believe the stripper had five mortgages. That's crazy to me. Well, she has five houses and a condo. She's got six. Yeah, damn. And she's got multiple loans on each house, too. So she's got more than five loans. She's Fuck probably got like that. 14, Holy 21, shit. or whatever. Right? Holy shit. Yeah, probably, yep. man. Who the fuck knows? So that was the YouTube game. If you want to watch the trailer, we just watched the big short trailer on YouTube. All right, next up. Most and least boyfriend material moment. So. I got one in my mind. Go for. Well, actually, hold on. So let us review first what our guesses were from last time. Okay. So the big short, you said, in this movie, I know he's with someone else, but I can't figure out who it is. He goes to Christian Bale and gives him $20 folded like a shirt. Just like he did <laughs> in The Nice Guys. You were inspired to do it here once again, so okay, I can't even give you partial credit for that because he never even meets Christian Bale. True, uh, and he never. There's no. There's. There might not be even cash in this movie for a movie all about money. Is there cash? I don't think we really see any cash besides like the strippers, right? Like, but we go to multiple strip clubs and like cash is not a very prominent feature in any of them, really. Yeah, that's true. Very true. All right. So then the least boyfriend material moment. You said that he draws Margot Robbie a bath, but the water is cold. We're gonna find that out in the IMDb trivia. So unfortunately, did not happen. Well, we don't know that it didn't happen. We, d- we just I- don't see it. Happen. I think that's a half a point because I-, I definitely think Gosling drew the bath for her. In my head, he did. So sure. my best boyfriend material moment says Brad Pitt comes to the office with an idea that's not right to make money. Ryan Gosling shushes the rest of the group who doesn't want to listen to Brad Pitt so he can get a story out when no one wants to listen to him. So nope, did not happen. No. We are striking out incredibly bad on here. Then I said immediately after Brad Pitt finishes, he says that's a fucking dumb idea. Get out of this office. <laughs> so I do like that you know Ryan Gosling. Talks to Steve Carell, which I think Mike might have said. I don't remember. No, I don't think he did. But okay. we were like, oh, he's going to talk to this Christian Bale. And he's going to talk to Brad Pitt. And like, basically, he interacts with neither of them at all. Like, we're just, hey, these other guys are in the movie. But nope. Then resident historian Mike Mansi's guesses. He said, sort of like Zeph at the end of Waif, he's going to help out an unfortunate family by giving them a lot of his own money. I know it's about Doesn't. the housing crisis, but I don't remember the full minutiae of the film. Joe says he goes full wave and brings them a shoebox of money. <laughs> then Mike says, his least boyfriend show moment says, maybe not toward a woman, but he keeps important information to himself, and that in turn damages someone he cares about, mom, sister, family member, something. So that doesn't happen, and he's actually really open and honest. Like, we could not be farther from the truth, I don't think, and we had all seen the movie, I think. And we'd all seen the movie. That's crazy. Damn. For this movie, before we take the guesses for the next one, what was your best boyfriend material, the most boyfriend material moment that Ryan Gosling has in The Big Short? It, it has to be when he's on the phone with them and he said, 
I'm not fucking you. Yeah, I'm kissing you. I'm looking yep. in the eyes and making sweet uh, love to you. As I make love you. to you. I'm having yeah. the deal of a century in a silver platter. Yep, I yes. highlighted that. That was my most boyfriend material moment. My least boyfriend material moment. There's go two ahead. different moments I'm going to go between. I'm just going to go the beginning of the movie, the very first line, what we were talking about. He yes. says, not me. I'm not a weirdo. I'm pretty fucking cool. But we'll meet again later. So, like, from the jump, we are getting kind of a negative stereotypes, these negative characterizations of everyone in the world around him. He's like, they're all weirdos. I'm cool. Don't pay attention to them. Only pay attention to me. And it's just like, hey, you're cool, but if you want to be a boyfriend, you know, treat them with a little bit of respect. I think that you choosing that moment to be the least boyfriend material moment shows how little you know about women, just in general, because I think women really enjoy douchebag bros like that, so... Well, yeah, but I mean, well, younger women do, I think. Not, I think once you sort of... You like, you wouldn't want to date Ryan Gosling in this movie. Like, he's probably, like, a terrible person. Yeah, probably. Probably. I would agree. Good. What's your second one? My other one was that when he was being racist to the guy who actually speaks English. Oh, yeah, that's that's a pretty bad one. I was going to go with um, probably what I think is like one of my funniest quotes in the movie, and that's when he says, tell me the difference between stupid and illegal, and I'll have my brother-in-law arrested. Fair. Because like, yeah. that's like, you know, like you're shitting on your like wife's family. We're both saying, you know, douchebaggy things that he's saying, you know what I mean? It's just about yeah. different people, so. Yeah, exactly. But I think that like the specifics of using like your wife's family to be like, he's a moron. It's not, it's not great. It's not boyfriendy. No, definitely not boyfriend material. Definitely so. not. So for the next movie, since I'm thinking that Ryan Gosling's not in it, he directed it, what we're going to do okay. is, what do you think is the most boyfriend material moment from any character? Here's what I remember about it. It's very, very minimal. It's sort of like supernatural-ish, I think. This also might not be right. Okay. I think it's sort of supernaturally. I remember two actors in it. There's Christina Hendricks, who is Joan on Mad Men. Okay. And the guy, I don't know if you watch S.H.I.E.L.D., but the guy who plays Fitz... Nope is in the movie too. Okay. I don't remember for sure if he's in it. I think, I'm pretty sure Christina Hendricks is in it. And I also think it's Supernatural, but maybe not. This is a movie that I saw in theaters. This is actually the movie that I saw in theaters with my sister, where Gosling was in the theater to introduce the movie. So we were like mere feet away from Ryan Gosling. Do not remember this movie almost at all. Okay. But what I'm thinking is because he's not in the movie, but he did direct it. He's going to include some boyfriend material moments. I, I so got an what idea. what do you think is the most boyfriend material moment any character in the movie does? Okay, I think it's a supernatural movie because you said that. Instantly, I'm thinking it's going to be like Waterworld 2. Okay. Dirt is like the most hot commodity you can get. <laughs> the main character grows like the only flower in the world to give okay. to the female character. Okay. And that's the most boyfriend material thing that they do. And then what's the least boyfriend material thing that they do? The least boyfriend material thing that they do, they have a daughter. He, like, then takes the flower from the mom and re-gifts it to the daughter. Oh. Because he loves her more, and the mom, like, that's why they get divorced, and then and then he goes to space jail. Whoa. They get divorced, he goes to space jail. Okay. That's what my guess is. Okay. So I'm going to try to weave in the titular Lost River, which I think there's a... I'm pretty sure there's a river in the movie, but I don't remember for sure. There's a Lost River? Oh, interesting. I mean, the whole movie's set on water because it's Waterworld, but sure. And dirt is super valuable. Yes. I'm going to say... Okay, the most boyfriend material moment is that a character yeah. uh, sacrifices himself, doesn't die, but sacrifices himself... Okay. ...to help another character okay. cross the river. Is this movie, like, a lot about a river? I don't remember. 
I don't. Okay. I I remember us like I don't have a great movie memory. I remember a startling little amount of this, but like I don't remember almost Damn. any of it. Like, okay. It's shocking how little I remember. Okay. Then the least boyfriend material moment. I could do the classic turn that moment into a negative moment. I don't think I'm going to. Okay. I think, to be super vague about it, I think he's the main character steals something of tremendous value. Sentimental or, or like, financial? Mostly sentimental, but also some financial value, and he pawns that to get out of a tough situation in his life. Okay, so, like, a really expensive gold chain that was their grandfather's. Somebody's watch. Somebody's watch. Okay, I like it. Good choices all around. Again, I want to say that as little as about this movie that I remember, I know for a fact that all four of these things happen, so... Yeah, exactly. 100% right. Water world and a river and (laughs) watches and seeds. Yep. I think I was just hung up on the seeds from Brad Pitt's character in this movie. I think yeah. that's why I was like I was on the like growing stuff. Like we didn't talk about it, but like that's I think that's where that came from in my brain. And like I don't know why I thought of Waterworld either, but like that's it just felt like it. So yeah, I feel like because you always have Waterworld on the brain. Really? I think maybe partially. I don't know. Just re- it's a movie that resonated with me much deeper than I thought it did when I watched it. Truly. Yeah. The next segment that we have is the letterbox game. So the letterbox game for... There's actually multiple letterbox games. Letterbox game is where the first game that we're going to play is how many people have seen it. For reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road has been logged by 200... 21,000 members, okay? Okay, yeah. Big Short 2015 has been logged by how many people? 87,000. Higher. Higher. 123? Lower. Oh, damn. Okay. Um, 96,000. Higher. 115. Lower. Really? 100,000? 104. 103, 682. Rounds up to 104, 104,000. I started at 87. That's actually not that far off, dude. Honestly. Well, okay. So here's the thing. So... I can't give you credit for your great guesses if I'm going to give you this kind of credit for your, like, No, fair, okay fair, guesses. totally fair. I understand. Yeah, I get it. But I'm saying, like, I was still pretty fucking close with the first guess. It's not so. terrible. It's not terrible. Yeah. Out of those 104,000 people, how many have it in their top four? This is a tough one. 475. Lower. Really? 222? Lower. Oh, Really? Nobody, I, I expected, like, because of the cast, there would be, like, a lot of them. So, right. like, uh, 87. Higher. One more guess. Okay, uh, 115. 126. Yeah. That I feel like that's the hardest game of the three letterbox games, because I don't know the mental math, the, the mental gymnastics that you go through to go from the number to this, but I know there's a lot of variables, there's a lot of permutations, a lot of computations. I'm thinking about how many people watched it, and then I think about the scope of the movie, um, yep. the actors in it, you know, you just kind of, like, scale that down. It is hard to figure out. I guess, yeah, I guess 400 was a little high for my top four, but I was expecting with Brad Pitt and Gosling in it, and it being an Oscar nom that, like, you and know... And Steve Carell, too. And Steve Carell and Marissa Tomei, I was, because it's, like, kind of a poignant movie, I guess it's not snobby enough for letterbox which i should have factored in but yeah it, it's a tough one but those those are the kind of things i think about like who's in it what, are, what how recent it was yep. like if this if this would have been this year's movie or like within the last year i probably would have been much closer to 400 because like people wouldn't have taken it out yet you know what i mean it would have been still like Fair, prominent point yep 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 yeah these are the things I think about. The final letterbox game that we play is we. I find someone who has given this movie five stars. Yep. Has liked it. Has yep. written a review for it. 
and has it in their top four. It's this guy named Alan at Mr. Underscore Nice Underscore Guy. Mr. Nice Guy. Oh, how appropriate. Good choice, by the way. He says, The Big Short is spectacular. Imagine a film that makes you feel smarter just by watching it. A film that is so complex to the degree that it forces you to enjoy it, because if you don't, you're not worthy. And then he goes on to write a very, very long review, but he gave five stars, liked it, rated it, top four. Okay, his top four films... I don't okay. even know where to begin for Is all one of them these. a documentary? I feel like he watches documentaries. No. Huh. So, okay. So I've seen all four of his movies. Okay. One, you're never going to guess. It's Hector and the Search for Happiness, which is I, a Simon Pegg movie that no is not that great. Is. It's weird no that he that likes it this much. Okay. His top two movies. Number one, I think you can get. I'm going to try to figure out a way that you can guess it without giving it away immediately okay any gosling movies no okay is it gonna be like moneyball or something is it another one of these movies no it really has nothing to do with this movie at all okay it is recent for the last like 10 years or so it's by one of the biggest directors of today okay like maybe a tarantino movie Uh uh-huh which one is it hateful eight no before that uh django yep is his number one favorite movie django like i feel like it's hard to Get that? Like, I can't just say it's a Tarantino movie because, like, it's that's no, too no, no, easy. no. But you know what? Um, I, Django and Tarantino is a good place for this because. Tarantino would move to like the more historical movies, right, and yep. stuff like that. And if he said that, the, I was, I'm drawing to him saying it makes you feel smarter watching it. So he he must like these kind of like thought provoking movies. That's why I thought maybe he like had some documentaries in there and stuff too, but he didn't. So his number two movie is a movie from 1960, no, 1957. I'm sorry, I'm no which idea was remade is. in the 80s. It's one of the most famous and best reviewed films of all time it's similar in a way i think to this what was your guess casablanca no that's from the 40s oh um not wolf of wall street the other one um wall street nope that's from the 80s but wasn't it a remake of another movie what is it a financial movie no but it's in a way sort of related kind of like you might get mad at me for saying this i don't know it feels to me sort of in ways similar to the big short kind of I have no idea. Very well acted movie. Most, like, I would say 95% of the movie takes place in a single room. Is it, is it a Hitchcock movie? Is it, um, the, the, cr- nope. the criminal trial one? No? Yeah, it is that, but it's not a Hitchcock movie. Oh, shit, yeah, yeah, you know which movie I'm talking about then. Oh, fuck. I can't think of the name of it. It's the one where they're all in the courtroom and they're, like, yeah. Twelve Angry Men. Twelve Angry Men, yes. And I feel like it's not really at all related to the big short, but I feel like it's kind of, sort of, sort of, sort of, feels similar. Like, it makes yeah. sense that the guy likes both of those movies. Yeah, it does. It does. You, there was a, that was a good hint without giving it away. I'm not offended by it, so. Okay. Next game is Fire-Ass Title. So if we are renaming this movie in Which, the style of The Big of Short is musical, a damn good title, by the way. It is a really good movie. A really good really good title for this movie. Yes. If we are renaming it in the style of High School Musical, where it's the most boring, bland, whatever title, the most basic title it could possibly be, what do we call... The big short. Banks. Robbing the bank. Subprime mortgages. I have to go on a little bit of a tangent here. When I was at college, when I was at Ramapo, 
we had the TV station. I think I told you about this guy. I'm, I'm almost certain I told you about this guy because I think I sent you a link to one of his videos. There was yes. a guy who would hang around, who had yes. gone to school before, yep. graduated, and would come back and would sort of try to force us to produce these like video rants that he would do. That basically, yeah, I've seen some. The one where he's in like his van. He's like in his mom's van or something. There is one with a. There is in a parking lot and he's just yeah. ranting in a parking lot. Yeah, I remember it. But basically, now with the technology, not that, not that this is super long ago, but like if you have a webcam, that's all you do. But like he would, we would like green screen them or whatever. I as soon as I was in charge, I was like, no, we're not doing this anymore. You're not a student. But he did a whole video explaining the subprime mortgage bailout everything that i don't remember much of but i cannot imagine it made any sense at all so okay uh, it's out there if you want to go find that so you said subprime would you say subprime what subprime mortgages i'm gonna say both sides against the middle traders with a d-e-r or t-a-i like traitors or traders it's up to interpretation it's gonna be like prince it's just gonna be a symbol and oh then it's an aud- the- it's an audio title okay it's an audio <laughs> title only yeah traders <laughs> gambling I don't like that, but it's, it's okay. Oh, what is it? No, fuck. Strippers. Oh. The Alligator. Oh, that was cool. In the, in the abandoned house? Um, yes. Oh, that's it. The Empty Cul-de-Sac. Oh. Yeah, it's a little The hint. Empty Nest. Um, empty Nest. I like that one, too. Betting It All on Black. Betting on Zero. Ooh. Which is, that's a Netflix documentary <laughs> about something very similar. Margot Robbie in a Bathtub. Done. You would see that movie. Everybody would see that movie. I would watch way too much of that movie. (laughs) Okay, the last little thing that we do on the show before we sort of wrap up is the nominees, the nominations for the Boy For Material Ryan Gosling Award. So I nominated this movie for Best Film. I nominated him for Best Role, which I feel like maybe, like, if you want to talk me out of role, I'm okay because he's not in it a ton. No, I I like the role, though. I, I think so too. So I, I would leave it in. I think it's. I'm not against it. I nominated for best soundtrack slash score. Okay. Yeah. And I created a new category just for this movie. It is best Ryan Gosling hair. Oh, for the big short. I do he like basically has like a perm in. Like, it looks like he's a perm in this movie. It's it's kind of like a perm. I, I agree, and I noticed it too, and I thought so. It was pretty great hair. So I like it. I like that the hair. Yeah, that's a good one. Now, go, thinking back for a second, are there any other movies that he's been in so far where we should nominate his hair? Like he's always got good hair, but it doesn't really stand out. Like La La Land. It's pretty bland. Blade Runner, The Nice Guys, Song of Song. All good, but nothing. Nothing like like this was special. Yeah, I have to go back and look through the pictures. There's nothing I remember off the top of my head. But um, if I if I look back through the pictures and I see anything with some great hair, then I'll have to readdress it. We'll have to come cool. back to it. But is there anything else that you want to nominate this film for? Any what other, are the categories you know, again? Those don't, like, worst film, most disappointing movie, worst role, they don't apply. No. Most fun film, I was sort of like, eh, but it's not as fun as La La Land not or The Not fun nice in guys. our sense that we will, yeah. Best song, I don't think that really matters no. here. Cinematography looks good, but doesn't look as good as the other movies that we've seen so far. True. Best costumes, no, that's why I put in the hair. Love story, there's no love story. No. We... Should we put uh, I'm Jack to the Tits under Best Ryan Gosling Scream? Yeah, I do like that idea a lot. That's a really good idea, because he does get really animated about... He's like, I'm Jack Jack to the Tits! Yep. (laughs) 
Like, yeah, does not very cry good play. in this. Does not play an instrument. Does not no. kill anybody. No. Best job. I don't think it's like a really a noteworthy job. I mean, it's like no movie. banker is kind of bland. That's as bland of a job as you can have. Does not dance. The only other thing is if we want to nominate a man or a woman, but probably a man for best non-Gosling role. I do think Christian Bale kills it in this movie. Okay. I might have to do that. Yeah, Christian Bale. But he's just such a phenomenal actor, man. It's just like yeah. every every time I see Christian Bale in a movie, I'm just like. Like still mind blown. Like he does yeah. so great all over the place. Like straight down the line too. It's crazy to me. Michael Burry. Yeah. That's all we have. Is there any other categories that I did not mention that do not exist yet that you want to no. create? No, I think we're good. I think we're doing okay. pretty good. So the only other thing that we have in the show to wrap up is the last and next recording. The last thing you and I recorded was our episode of Magic Mike's a very special episode. Sad of Magic episode. Mike's episode. Up. We also, the last episode of Too Fast, Too Forever that we did was Fast Five. The next one we're doing, the next thing we're recording... Let me guess. Is Furious Six. Damn, I would have got it. Damn, sorry. <laughs> it was like mentally queued up for me to come out, and I was just like, I gotta say it, I can't not say Furious Six. Yeah, exactly. But, if Go you ahead. like those movies... Where can I find out a little bit more about this, Joe? Go to our Facebook page, which is always a ton of fun. We do get some fan emails and stuff from friends and family that know that we love Fast and the Furious, and so they always send us like Fast and the Furious uh, memes and articles and all kinds of fun stuff. So check us out on Facebook.com backslash Too Fast Too Forever. And shout out Maria, who tagged us in a cool Tokyo Drift little meme this week. She did. She tagged us uh, yesterday. I was pretty drunk when she did it, so I didn't get a chance to watch it. I'm going to definitely watch it, though. Did you share it or no? I did not. She, she shared it on, it on our wall. She shared so it she on So she put it on the wall, and she tagged us in the thing. So yes. Yeah. You just reminded me of it now, so I'm going to go check that out. But, yeah, that was awesome. So It's quite good. Yeah, and, you know, if you like any of the dumb shit that I say, then it's just, you know, magnified and tied into Fast and the Furious there. So go give the page a like and comment. We enjoy, you know, dicking around yeah. on there, but yeah. not saying dicking around because I'm not allowed to swear. So Exactly. And the next episode of this podcast that we're doing, actually the next episode of the After Furious 6 is going to be our Magic Mike's episode for A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints, which I feel like we've been talking about forever because it's going to be a perfect movie. shuffled it. And then the next episode of this, as we talked about, is Lost River, which is the movie that Ryan Gosling directed. The only thing, I think, to date that he has directed. So, come back one month from today, May 21st, for Lost River. That's all I got. Any other final thoughts, any closing final words, parting words, whatever, for Boyfriend Material? Eat your cereal. Everybody, thank you for all the pictures today. I appreciate all your emails. Yeah, you guys are killing it on the emails. Thank you so much for that. Keep up the good work. Keep emailing us, boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me. Answer our three questions, even though we can only remember two. Let us know whatever you want to say. Just say hi. We will read anything on air. Thank you all for writing in. Thank you all for listening. That's all I got. Yeah. Same. For all things Boyfriend Material and Cage Club Podcast Network related, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter. You can find all 17 of our podcasts there, including the four that Joe and I do together. So go yep. to those places. And also go to facebook.com slash forever for our podcast our, our podcast page over there. And then email us, boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we'll see you next time on Boyfriend Material. Shake your money maker like somebody about to pay you. I see you on my radar. Don't you act like you were afraid of shit. You know I got it. If you want to come get it, stand down.
this money. 